the vibes. It's a Friday. You're locked into the Hoop Genius podcast presented by NBA 2K22. You're listening to your boy Mo Mutsi alongside the three-time NBA champion BJ Armstrong. BJ, I feel like we need some theme music because what time is it right now? What's it time for? <laughs> it's time to get to the questions. That's right. The people are speaking. The people are talking and you know what we do. We are here to serve the people. That's facts. The voice of the people on the podcast. Let's go straight in. Let's get straight in. Get the small talk. Let's get straight in to the first question. And this is a good question. Mm. Chris Rose said, if either of you became the GM of the Kings today, what would be your top priority slash focus for getting the team into the playoffs next season? Now, Chris, I don't know if we can answer this because Sacramento, if you're hiring a new GM, you know, my booking info is available in my bio. Hit me up anytime. <laughs> Damn vibes. But what I think is lacking in Sacramento, from my own personal opinion, is the culture. And for a culture, it's all well and good having these De'Ara Foxes of the world and Sabonis and, and these younger guys. These guys are still young, 23, 24, 25. You need people in there who are going to create that culture of hard work, which would then translate to winning. I would focus on building that culture. Even when you have worst players on your team if you have a positive culture in your organization you can still overachieve if everyone buys in and does their job whereas you can get all the players you want in the world you can get Tyrese Halliburton Darren Fox Buddy Hill whatever you're still going to keep losing games but that's just me maybe I'll see it different BJ what about you well the, the first thing I would do if I were hired as a general manager there is one I would sit with with the the, the top people, right? The owner, the executives, that being myself included, making sure we have the right coach in there and then the players. So the very first thing we got to do, because I know we got a lot of questions to get to, is to properly evaluate the talent that you have. Okay, that's the number one thing, right? If we can properly evaluate, then we can, we can make this assessment. What coach are we going to need to work with this group of players? De'Aaron Fox, I think, is a, he's right on the cuffs of being an all-star. Sabonis has been an all-star. Now let's figure out what we need to build out that roster. But making the proper assessment, to me, it's a talent. It's a gift. But more importantly, you have to be radically honest with yourself so that you can have a common denominator. Winning is the only thing that connects the owner with the executives, with the coaches, with the players. And if you don't have a goal, Bo, you don't have a chance. You're giving away too much secret sauce on the podcast. Oh, man, right? did Come I on. give away too much? Come on, man. You're going to keep hey, it moving. The speaking people demanded. The people speaking, demanded. Speaking of general managers, TJ Thorley wants to know, could the Celtics move to send Brad Stevens upstairs and bring in Ime Odoka as the head coach? be the most undervalued move of the offseason. After an initial adjustment period, Brad's same core pieces are now being used with some additional perspective, and it looks like the complete package all built in-house. I'm going to say yes, it was a very underrated move because in my opinion, Brad lost the attention of the locker room. It felt like to me he'd been there long enough, the players were starting to tune him out a little bit. But that's just my take. I was not inside the locker room. I have no knowledge of if that's true or not. And BJ, I'm sure Phil Jackson had a quote about a coach can only coach a team for a certain amount of years before he has to move on. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, our last question actually is the answer to this question. Brad Stevens had their proper amount of time to assess what was needed for this group. Okay, the ownership, the executives, and in this case, what coach, what, what is the coach's voice that you need with this group? And mm -hmm. I think they found the voice that they need. There was so much chit chatter out there about you need to get rid of Tatum. You need to get rid of Brown. They can't play together. This group is bad. And lo and behold, three of those starters are still starting today. And, and Big Al, Brown, Tatum. And then, okay, you got a new voice in there. And that's the right voice for this group to support those other, you know, other two guys, especially those two guys. Well, so I think they, that's the proper thing to do. They brought in Ime Odoka, who had coached Tatum and Brown together for Team USA. Marcus Smart was mm -hmm. also on that Team USA squad. And yeah. Derek White, who they traded for, was also Derek. in that Team USA squad. So you see the continuity starting to come together. The only final piece of that puzzle that was in their little group in training camp was Donovan Mitchell. But that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, we're going to answer another question from Connor O'Neill. He wants to know, shouldn't Luka Doncic be in the MVP conversation? And then he's given us a bunch of stats. And I'm not going to read all them for you, but you can imagine the kind of stats Luka Doncic puts up. The Mavs have been one of the best teams in the NBA since the start of this year, this calendar year. The defense has been phenomenal. Luka's playing defense. Daggers. That game against KD in the Nets, going bucket for bucket down the stretch, making the right reach for his team. He should be in the MVP conversation. However, he wasn't playing like an MVP at the start of the season. For the first Bingo. two, three months, he wasn't Bingo. playing like an MVP. So even though the numbers may look like he's averaged 28 points in, in the season, for the first three months of it, that same 28 points wasn't quite as effective as the 28 points are now. BJ, anything to add to that one? I couldn't agree more with you, Mo. I think you nailed it. Is he an MVP caliber player? Yes. Yes. Is he playing at that level? Yes. Mo, you you nailed it with that. So next question. Next uh, question. Next question. Dan Franklin wants to know if the playoffs started today with the current standings, which player making the first playoff appearance in their career would you predict to have the most impressive postseason and why? Many thanks for the great content this week, guys. You guys make my morning walks to work way more interesting. First of all, mad love, Dan Franklin. We appreciate yes. that we can brighten up your day just a little bit because that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to bring a little bit of joy and laughter into everyone's lives as BJ laughs at my campaign for Rob Williams to win Defense Player of the Year. But <laughs> of all players playing in the playoffs for the first time, BJ, who do you think would have the best first impression, shall we say? The very first. Has Zach Levine has Zach Levine made the playoffs? Has he made the playoffs before? No, I don't think so. Because he was on the Timberwolves, but then he got traded in the Jimmy Butler trade, and then Jimmy Butler took the Timberwolves to the playoffs. You, you know who I think? You know who I think is is going to be an impactful player in the playoffs? I've I've got a, a little wild card answer. Go ahead, go ahead. Scotty Barnes. Bingo. <laughs> he's yeah, been I think huge. Been Huge, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's the type of player that he could really, you know, he's an interesting player because he doesn't really shoot it. He doesn't shoot it well, but you know, he's made a transition in his game during the season, which only the great players can do, right? Mm -hmm. He was a facilitator, you know, kind of a jack of all trades, and all of a sudden now he's like scoring. 
and scoring in half court and they're running their offense through him at certain points of the game. And I'm like, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what he could do in the playoffs. So I think Scotty Barnes well, is going to be an impactful player in the playoffs. When Fred Van Fleet went off injured, Nick Nurse made Scotty Barnes as a primary ball handler for a lot of possessions. And it was fascinating to me because the kid has no fear. He'll go up against anyone. I have another answer for you. If the Timberwolves win the play in, obviously they're seventh right now. So it's not guaranteed they're in the playoffs. But yeah. I think Anthony Edwards can come up big time. I think okay. the Ant Man. Because he's built for those big moments. He is, like I said, Scott Barnes, fearless. Also, I think in the, in the playoffs, that's where the wing players kind of take over. You know, the elite wing scorers we see at Kawhi. I agree with you Kawhi. on that, Mo. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're agreeing. Yeah. I don't know what's, on, what's going on here. You got to send us some hot takes so you can hear us <laughs> argue. But speaking of that, GA34, who is confirmed as not Giannis's burner account, says, if you were starting a franchise tomorrow, which of the following would you build around? And he's given us three options. Number one okay. is a floor general point guard. Number two is a dominant seven-foot center. And number three is an elite two-way wing. BJ, which one of those are you building around? For me, it would be the center. Okay. Okay. If I can, if I can control the paint, I can figure out everything else. If I can control the paint, that is the most difficult thing to find in basketball is a big who can play at the pace of the game or the speed of the game and control the paint. If I can control the paint, I can I can figure out you know everything else around. I I need more info about this big one because the question states an elite two way wing specifying the wing player would be great on offense and defense, whereas the center is a dominant seven foot center, but he could just dominate on offense like Carl Anthony Towns and be awful on defense, or dominate on defense like Rudy Gobert and offer nothing on offense. In which case, I'd rather take the elite two way wing because, like I just said, when you look at the modern NBA since about the year two thousand. Kobe, LeBron, Paul Pierce, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Giannis is the wing players that really deliver the championships. Unless you can get a Shaq caliber big, I'm going to be interested to see if Joel Embiid can carry them from the big man spot because that's something we've not seen in a very long time, probably since Dwight Howard's Orlando Magic, which was kind of an anomaly because KG was hurt that year. So, you know, I would go with the wing, but I, I get... The big man's probably harder to find. Uh, we've got a question from Andy Williams. And Andy, big fan of the show, big friend of the show. Shout out to Andy. He says, what are your favorite trainers to hoop in? That's a very British question. What are your favorite sneakers to hoop in, BJ? Well, I, I don't hoop anymore. But when I did hoop, I always wore Nike. Nike, I think Air, For- Air Force One, Air Force Nike Force, yeah, that, yeah, it, it wasn't Air Force, but I know it. Yeah, <laughs> Nike. You can't get them. Yeah. They're from the nineties. They're from the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's the last time I hooped. I don't hoop, so Mo, I think you would be better at answering that question I, today. I have been testing out the Jordan Thirty Six since they released that very lightweight shoe. I'm quite mm-hmm. a heavy guy, so it's not ideal for me, but it's very lightweight. It's nice. Um, especially if you're trying to get up and down. I'm trying to think what else I've been running in. Hilariously, PJ, do you know which athlete has my favorite signature? Or not my favorite signature. Okay, I, I know that. I'm going to tell you this. I haven't bought shoes in, I don't know. Like, it's been forever. But if there is a shoe that I'm going to buy, I like those Giannis shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Giannis ones I'm are gonna amazing. Buy, I'm going to buy that shoe 
just because I like the way it looked. And it's it's a long time since something's caught my eye. But mm. I love his shoe. The, I'm going to buy that shoe. The Giannis ones are nice, but hilariously, Paul George has one yeah. of the most comfortable son sneakers. He yeah. loves, though. He loves, yeah. the PG, is it PGs? Is yeah, that what the they call PGs. them? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was just talking sneaker, to me the other day about that. Yeah, he was just talking to me They're about that. They're a good that. sneaker. But what I would say is if you're going to buy a pair, I would go with the Zions. The Zions are actually, although you haven't seen him wearing them on the court, they are actually, they're, they're good because here we don't get a lot of courts in the UK. So I use them outdoors. So they're my outdoor Hooban sneaker and they actually hold up quite well on the concrete. So they do well, versatile. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they're pretty versatile, pretty robust because they're, they're built for Zion. So, you know, for me, it ain't a thing. So we're going to keep it moving though. We've got uh, another question from Chris Rathbone, who is a fantastic illustrator and designer. He says, are the Celtics just on the hottest of hot streaks since the trades or are they legit contenders? I think that's a simple two-word answer. I'm going to let you say it, BJ. Just because I like hearing you say it. Oh, yes. Hey, <laughs> legit contenders, baby. We're in the building. <laughs> okay. So Matthew McDonald wants to know, Mo and BJ, current group of NBA stars that you think could potentially beat the Olympic dream team in a seven-game series. I don't the think there dream is team. the the dream team. I don't think you you get it. Oh, the dream. Oh, yeah. I think they, I, I I think there's a team that can. If we had well, to, today, it, well, it depends if they were in their dream team form or if everyone was in their prime. If you take Larry Bird with his broken yeah, back, you know, the on their dream, it's it's very saying, this okay. dream team. Yeah, the dream team. Yes. If you said everyone in their prime, no. then no. Yeah. Okay. So if we're talking about just the dream team, I think it's not that difficult to put together a team that would be able to contest with them. No, Who we going I, with? I agree with that. Give me, give me your five. Give you. me your five. Just with today's current players. Just today's current players. All right. So I'm, I'm going with, I'm going with Giannis KD. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going straight seven footers, man. I'm, I'm going, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 hey, I'm going with Embiid. Yeah. I'm going with Embiid. I'm going yeah, with I'm going with Jokic. Yep. Giannis, KD, Embiid, Jokic. Dude, one Jokic. more spot. Oh, I'm going with Mobley. I love that. I just <laughs> I need the young guy. <laughs> I need. I I I need. Hey. You know what? But I mean, you could go with Kawhi. You could go with Steph. You could go. With, I want to put in Steph. I, I want to see yeah. how, how Patrick Ewing holds up in that drop coverage with, with Steph Curry shooting threes you could every go time. With ja. You could go with, you know, I mean, look, you go with Kyrie. There's I a don't lot of, think you could go wrong is the answer. I, I don't yeah. think you could go wrong and it would be a great series. Yeah. But, you know, do I think it would be difficult. Yeah. Because those guys were so, so great. Talking about the original dream team. But these guys are good. And it, it's a it's a 40 minute game. It's a 40 minute game. That's the thing. I would That's pick what Mello. makes the NCAA tournament. I would pick Mello. Mello, Mello and international play. Even is, at this stage of his career, I'm picking Mello over everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Charles Barkley was the original Mello. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. But Charles Barkley, Charles, Charles Barkley may be the best player in international play on that team. And he was coming in and that, that's saying a lot. That's very that's interesting. It. That's we, in the summer. We got to get into that over the summer. We, we can't talk. Yeah, Charles, right Barkley in, gotta, Charles Barkley in international play. That's a very interesting take. But Derby County FC, George, I'm assuming DCFC is Derby County, but George wants to know how concerned are you with the Bulls record against the top teams 
is not just bad, it's abysmal. We've spoken about this a little bit before, but are you worried that they seem to really struggle anytime they play one of the contenders from the East? Yes, I am. And I said this earlier, and I received a lot of flack from my friends and people who follow me on social media about the Bulls and what they were doing. As I said, Mo, then, and I will say it now, to be very consistent, I've been concerned, Mo, about one position that I've said to you, Mm -hmm. a million, now a million and one. I'm concerned about teams attacking them at the center position versus screen and roll. Yep. Mo, you've heard me say this. I am rooting for the Bulls. I'm all over DeMarvelous, Zach Levine. I'm, hey. Caruso, Caruso, Lonzo. I'm rooting for Lonzo. I'm rooting for Lonzo, man. Billy Donovan. However, if we want to talk basketball, I'm really concerned about their inability to play against screen roll. And until that is solved, I think this team is going to have problems versus the better teams. And it's any player, just like we saw last night, they lose to Donovan Mitchell. If the I night was, before they lose to Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox, they're going to have problems. If I was a Bulls fan, I would be terrified of facing Embiid in the playoffs because there's no one on. No. You can say Tristan Thompson if you want, but there is no one on that roster that's going to hold Embiid to anything less than 30 a game in the playoffs. Okay, but okay, that's fine. But what I'm most concerned is who's going to stop the screen roll? Mm, well, Patrick Williams is coming back from injury, but I don't think he's a big enough body or got the experience to do that in the NBA playoffs. Although that does make me feel more confident about their defense. Lonzo coming back, Caruto just returning. But I agree with you. I agree with you. That is an area for concern. Um, That is the reason why I don't have the Bulls getting quite as far in the playoffs as a lot of other people might do. I just hope they don't have to play your Celtics. Mm, That's a bad matchup. Let's let's go through it, though. you can't play the Celtics. Well, Mo, we got to move on. We got more questions, Mo. No, Come no, no, on. no. We got- <laughs> <laughs> the Celtics are a bad matchup for them. Philly is a bad matchup for them. Milwaukee's a bad matchup for them. I think Miami's a bad matchup for them. Who's who? If you're the Bulls, who do you want to face in round one? Anybody but the Celtics. Interesting. I think that's what every Anyone? team in the East should be thinking. <laughs> oh, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> right, tell, me a, tell me, tell me a team who would want to play the Celtics. They ain't one. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Miami. I don't think Brooklyn. I don't think Philly. Brooklyn just lost teams. twice to the Celtics in a week with okay. Kyrie. Again, I don't think these teams are afraid. I oh, think they, they actually match up well. They should with be. Boston. They should be. But you know, now you right now are feeling really good. But I'm talking about talk. down 01. <laughs> yeah, you should talk your talk because you know what? There's gonna be some tough times. Yeah, they're coming will. in here. They will. That's why and, I'm making the most and, of it now. Yeah, okay. All right. And I'll let I, you talk. I'm Next ready. Question. I'm ready for the talk that you're gonna bring when Next they lose in the question, I'm ready. Please. <laughs> the people Ryan. are demanding. <laughs> Ryan Woodcock wants to know who will become an MVP first out of the current NBA stars 25 and under. He says Booker, Tatum, Luca, Jar in brackets, the obvious choice, or Luca just for me. Which of these young cats do you think is gonna be the MVP? I think it's between Luca and Jar. He wrote Luca twice, between, by the I way. Think I, just, I think it's I between Luca and Jason Tatum. 
I thought I was tripping for a sec because I read out Luca's name twice and I was wondering how. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, you I don't think, think John Luka... Moran wins the MVP if, if he didn't go out injured for that span of time and he's averaging almost 30 points a game now and the Grizzlies are second in the so, West. The reason that there's only been, a, what, a handful of little guys? Mm. Okay, that's very difficult. to, And it's difficult to sustain it yeah. because of the way he plays. The way he plays. That's look, difficult to look, do. Look at the attention. Did you see what I sent you the other day? ESPN are dedicating an entire day to Memphis following the Grizzlies around. They should. They've not done they that should. for any other team ever. They, 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 they should. Listen, they should. AI, it's hard to sustain that yep. with Derrick Rose. It's hard to sustain that. Okay. Is it possible? And I'm hoping that it comes together for him in, in whatever, whatever time frame that's needed Absolutely. I think Luca and I think Jason Tatum, the way the game is played, benefits those type of players. Why? Because they both handle the ball. They both score the ball at a high rate and they will have more than enough opportunities to have those 50, 60, those what I call signature games. Yeah. John Morant has a responsibility of distributing, sharing. Everybody eats. Okay. And by the way, if he scores 40 and they're not winning, everybody's going to say he shoots too much. Okay. So he has a little bit more responsibility. That's the delicate balance between the AIs and those guys. So, so I, but I hope he does win it because he's I, fun to yeah, watch. I think Luca is the safe bet, but I think out of that list, Booker will be the first one with the finals MVP because it looks like the Phoenix Suns going all the way to the finals this year. But that's a whole other well. conversation because James Etter, who I'm going to assume is a Detroit Pistons fan, BJ, because when you hear the question, you'll understand why I've made that assumption. He says, is there any chance Cade could sneak in the rookie of the year? Now I'm thinking that's a reasonable yes. question. That's a reasonable question, yes, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, but then he continues. Yes. Then he continues. Thoughts on Killian Hayes making the all defensive teams in the future. <laughs> He's nice on defense. And that's the point I realized. James, I salute you because you must be a diehard Pistons fan. I, you know what? Killian, I, I, I've seen Killian play since he was a kid, right? Over here in Europe. So I did a camp with Ray Allen coaching the camp. And Killian was one of the kids that was invited to the camp as top 50 prospects in Europe. And he was the best one there. Him and Kareem Queeley were the two best kids in the whole camp. And I expected him to be a lot better when he got to the league than he has been so far. Because right now, he's got to be hoping that they renew his rookie contract when it expires. I know he's younger than everyone, but he reminds me a lot of Frank Tilakina, who looked amazing in the European style of play, but then when you come over to the NBA, it's a slightly different style of basketball. And it's about being able to adapt and adjust to the NBA style of basketball. But let's go back to Kay Cunningham, BJ. Do you think he can sneak the rookie of the year? Because Mobley has just been consistently great since day one which is why I think it's right. difficult to, to take over him. But Cade has been nice recently. You know, Cade missed a significant part of the season, and it has taken him a little time to really round into shape, basketball shape. He's done a very nice job. And do I think it's possible? Absolutely, because of the way he's played. When he is playing, it's without question – you know why and you see what the Detroit Pistons saw as they were doing their homework, scouting is a star work and all of the things he is. He is a terrific, terrific basketball player. And I think, you know, you can't say this a lot about a young, a lot of young players. I think he will be better as the team gets better. You know, he's not a guy who 
will be a player who will just get stats and, uh, and be, be on a, you know, I got a question. I got a question. I got a question B. Am I crazy for thinking that if the, the Detroit Pistons could get the top pick, one of the top three picks or whatever this year, can get Paolo or whoever, pair him with Cade, that they could make it to the play-in or even the playoffs as an eighth seed next season? No. I, too I soon? They, I think they... I think they are two. I think they're about two years away. Mm. I just like how hungry is, they are. Yeah, they, they play hard. It, it, listen, today's game is about finding enough players on your roster. Okay, you got fifteen on your roster. You got to find eight guys who are just going to play hard no matter what. No matter what. I didn't say play well. Yeah. yeah. I didn't say the chemistry was right. I didn't say you know you see these buzzwords culture and I, I didn't say any of that. You just want to find eight guys who are just going to say, I'm going hard. Okay. Now, when you think of the Pistons, just think about this. Okay. The kid Stewart. Beef Stew. He just plays hard. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and a lot of teams Sadiq, out here don't. Sadiq. Yeah. Sadiq Bay. Just plays hard. When you watch Bagley right now, when you watch the kid Bagley, yeah, bro, he's revolutionized he his career. Like, he okay. doesn't even look like the same. You know what's guy. different? You know what's different from him? You know, and when I watched him in Sacramento, and it happens over time. You learn. I just gotta play hard. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play well. Just play hard. Kate Cunningham. So I think they are about two years away because as you learn to play hard and you begin to play experience, you also begin to learn how to be an effective player. Like right now, you know, you're watching Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, he just plays hard. You know, I don't know if he's the, the best ball handler or the best shooter or the best scorer. It doesn't really matter. But if you play hard, especially on the other end, it gives you a chance. So I think the Pistons are beginning to really tap into what it takes to be and have sustainable success. You get enough people in your organization that just play hard. Yeah. And then we can surround them with, oh, we need, you know, longer athletes. We need shooters or we need more ball handlers. Yeah. But if you can just get that base, then Man, know what you're talking about. All, all I know is the Lakers wish they had eight guys that could play hard. But anyway, Jimmy77, <laughs> big Dallas fan. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Jimmy. Celebrating from Ireland. He says... You have to decide today who's winning each conference and then overall the NBA finals. For the West, I'm going with Phoenix. Yes. And I think they'll win the finals. My question is who comes out of the East? BJ, who do you think from the West? The West, I'm going with Phoenix. And from the East. They've been the best team. And 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 and, and I want to say this real quick, Bo. Phoenix, I've been really and pleasantly surprised. Yep. With DeAndre Ayton. I told you, Mo. Everyone kept saying Devin Booker and Devin Booker has been excellent. I said, if they're good, I'm going to find out oh, everything he, he I need to miss. know about DeAndre. He Ayton. does not miss from anywhere in the mid range or in the paint. DeAndre. DeAndre. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a machine. And Mo, he doesn't foul on defense either. He's not even in foul Mo, trouble. I, 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 Mo, what did I tell you the day Chris Paul got hurt? I told Man, you that you day. Said you, it, you said it. You said, said it. You said it. DeAndre Ayton, we're going to find out who and what he Do you realize, Mo? 
Do you realize, okay, I'm sorry to stop here, Mo, but I got to make sure I read this stat to you. I was reading this the other day, and I'm not even a stat guy, Mo. Is it, okay, before you give me the stat, they, I, I, I'm going to need the yes or no. Is he going to get the max this summer? No. No, no, no. Not, you don't think they max him? No. Or any team in the league maxes him? Well, you can you can max him at the four-year deal. The max is the five-year deal. Mm. He can get a, he can get the four-year deal, which and then that gives Phoenix, Phoenix the right match to match. It. Yeah, and then that's a good deal. Yeah, hit me with a stat though. The Phoenix Suns are twenty-nine and eight at home. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. They are fifty-six and fourteen, and Mo. So that means Mo they have only lost what. Six games? They've only lost six games on the road? Yeah, let me just double check that. Yeah, they're 27 and six on the road. Mo. And Chris Paul has missed time. Devin Booker has missed time. DeAndre Ayton has missed time. Do you know, Mo, what this means about this group? Oh, special. That's depth. I Mo, think that, that I is think incredible. That, I think they're walking Devin to Booker the finals. Devin Booker was out. Mo, I, I, Mo. Booker's been out. Are, CP's been out. Like he's been out. Man, listen, it's easy for this. So, so who's your answer for the East? Right, no, if you had to decide this second. The Bucks. The, the Bucks. Bucks. And do you think they repeat, or do you think the Suns get them this time? I think the Suns get them this time. I think the Suns get anyone this time. Uh, but I'm going to say so. It's just for, you know, the vibes. Anyway, Brad Denny <laughs> says, is Tyrese Maxey in contention to win the most improved player? Been consistent all season long and has gone to another level since Harden joining Philly. Loving the podcast and keep up the good work. First of all, appreciate the love, Brad. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, do you think, I think Tyler Harrow or John Moran, or there's a bunch of guys that could win most improved, but I think Tyrese Maxey should be in that conversation. And also Tyrese I'd highlight, Maxey. I would actually highlight his play before James Harden got there. I know everyone's talking about him since James Harden got there, but I think even before Harden trade, he turned himself into the starting point guard for one of the best teams in the East. Tyrese Maxey deserves to have his name there. I think Tyrese Maxey can be an all-star. That's how highly I think of him. I think he is an all-star caliber player. Wow. He deserves there. However, I'm giving John Morant is most improved. Yeah. Tyler Hero should be in. Tyler Hero is quite, I don't even know if it's quietly. He's put together one of the best seasons of any player that I can recall recently coming off the bench. And I thought Manu Ginobili, Jamal Crawford, you know. Uh, yep. He's having an all-time uh, sixth man season. He's the highest he's points ha- ever. He's having, one of the, he's having one of those kind of seasons. But he's going to have to step up in the playoffs and be the number one option for the Heat because from what I've seen of Jimmy Butler so far, he ain't got it. Unless he's saving himself for the playoffs. If he plays like he has been, Heros, then I'm one option in the plus. But moving forwards, Pierce McGlinchey always sends me great questions. He says, one of my favorite players ever is Tracy McGrady. Which current player do you think is most similar to him? Now, T-Mac was a bucket. Tall, handles, could shoot, drive to the rack, throw down dunks, pull-up game, hezzy game, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's a big compliment to be compared to T-Mac. But BJ, who reminds you most of Tracy McGrady when you see them in the modern NBA? No, because of his size, it just, when he said that, I was like, who, who reminds me of T-Mac? I, I've been knowing T-Mac since he was high school and I've seen him come up and obviously have a Hall of Fame 
level caliber of career. You know who reminds me as far as his ability to put that ball in the basket when he's healthy is Michael Porter Jr. Interesting take. That's an interesting take. Do you know what I would Tracy say? Tracy was big. Tracy yeah. was like 6'9". You know what tall. I mean? And, and Michael Porter was Jr. is smooth. With and Tracy was a jump shooter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when you see Michael Porter, he's a jump shooter. Now, Tracy, I think, puts it on the floor a little better. Should I tell you who steals a lot of Tracy McGrady's moves when they put it on the floor? Who's if this? you watch closely, Jalen Brown. Because Jalen Brown trains with Tracy McGrady in the summertime. And he tries to copy yeah, all yeah. of T-Max moves. Yeah, and Tracy, listen, Tracy could put it on the floor, but Tracy was 6'9", had big hands. It was, you know, like he was an elite defender. You know, he really was a, a terrific defender and obviously went on a score. And once Unfortunately, you score, the injuries, if it wasn't for the injuries, he would have had an all-time career. I think the conversation is very different around Tracy McGrady. He had not been for the injuries. But final question, B, comes in from Joe, who says, hi, newish NBA fan here. Listen every day. You guys have taught me so much. Shout out to Joe. That's what we do. That's why we do this. We're Thank here you, Joe. to help you increase your love of the game. So shout out to Joe. We appreciate you listening. In. She says, what are your thoughts on Trey Young and the Hawks? Do you think his future is there? Is he enough to lead them to a championship in the next couple of years? For me, I think that Trey Young will stay with the Hawks his entire career. The city loves him. The franchise loves him. They've just given him that max, super max extension to keep him there. Winning a championship for a guard that's undersized like Trey and isn't a great defender is tough because you have to build a team around him to cover up his weaknesses. And having a point guard as your best player makes it even tougher because we've not seen, because we're going to take Steph Curry out of the equation because as great as Trey Young is, I don't think he's on that 2016 Stephen Curry level. Having your point guard as your best player to win a championship is something that we've not ever really seen in the modern era of the NBA. So I think it's going to be tough. I do think that they make some changes to their roster, especially if they don't make the playoffs this season. I think they'll move everyone except for Trey and Clint Capella. But BJ, what's your take on it? Well, Mo, we, we really at some point need to dedicate a show to this because I've been thinking about this for quite some time. With Trey Young comes expectations. He's what, a two-time All-Star now? Yeah. Okay, now... Anyone who takes that job moving forward, and now Nate McMillan is sitting in the seat. When you don't make the playoffs with Trey Young, who is voted in as a starter, Mm -hmm. there's the basketball business, and then there's the business of basketball. The business of basketball says this. If you have a all-star starter in your lineup and you can't make the playoffs, then we got to look at the coach, and we got to look at the executive. Now, right now, one coach has been fired last year when they mm-hmm. underperformed. And this year, the general manager went a little sideways <laughs> during the course of the year when this yep. team was underperformed. Hopping on the radio, okay. sending shots to his players. Okay, so players. okay, now, Mo, I've been around long enough. Okay. Now, this is what's going to happen. At some point here, someone is going to say the following. How good is Trey Young? And Trey Young is going to have to do, he's going to have an either or a moment. You know, he's going to have a, a come to the truth moment. And his moment of truth is going to be this. Either he's going to change his game or the next executive is going to have to move him. Mm. That's what's going to happen. Either he's going to change his game. He can score, 
but you got to score when the game dictates for you to score. There's only been one little guy that they've built a team around. Okay. Now there's two. If you want to say Steph Curry, which I don't think he is, I think Steph Curry says he's a point guard. No, no. It's the reason why I say Steph Curry is not in this conversation. Steph Curry was so unique in the fact that he was a unanimous MVP making $11 million a year. That's what made that because they could afford to pay such a deep roster that covered up every flaw in his defensive game. Because coming off the bench for Steph Curry, was Sean Livingston a six foot six? How tall is Sean the Livingston? Only guy. Okay, let's let's say this so we can take him out of the equation mm. as the primary ball handler. If you're going to be a primary ball handler and they're going to build a team around, there's only been one guy to do that. I his name is Isaiah Isaiah Thomas. Okay, in the modern era, the modern he, they they started all this. They he I think the Pistons still have the highest scoring game in the history of the NBA. Okay, Isaiah Thomas could play the game any style you wanted to play. I know they got a lot of recognitions for the bad boys, but believe it or not, before that, they used to score a lot of points. <laughs> okay, if you can look it up, Mo, I think it's 186 to 184. Yep, it was a triple overtime game against the Devon Nuggets. Nuggets in okay. 1983. And I'm okay. honestly in shock that that hasn't been being. Mo, because believe it or not, we used to play that way, except someone figured out if you could defend and find people how to defend and actually do it, not switch, but actually defend your guy, you could cut into that. In 2019, they came close. The Chicago Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks, 168 to 161. They were only, I say only, they were 31 points off the total of that game. Yeah, but yeah I, I just think it's difficult to have a small guard as the best player on a championship well, team, even well, you, you, when, can have, you can have a small guard, you know, as the Avery best Johnson, player on a, on a championship team. Uh, well, again, he's going to have to change his game. Okay. But translation, I, translation, he's going to have to defer to other players. Yep. Okay. You can be the best player. As long as you can defer to Joe Dumars, Mark Aguirre, yeah, Dennis and like, Rodman. Like let's and, just look look through the recent championships, right? Milwaukee Bucks won it. Their point guard, Drew Holiday. He's a defensive stopper, right? He's he's not doing what Trey Young does and occupying. That was Giannis. The Lakers win the championship. Their point guard was basically LeBron James, and they just played three and D guys at the guard spots, or they had Rondo come off the bench. Then you have the Toronto Raptors, Kyle Lowry, again, a defensive guard. Okay. Then you have the Golden State Warriors, Golden State Warriors. That's the exception. Then you have the Cleveland Cavaliers when they won it. With Kyrie Irving, but he wasn't their best player. LeBron's taken a lot of the pressure. Kyrie might have been their best player. He Kyrie might. averaged about 28, 29 points a game. You're not your best player. You're averaging 28, 29 a game. Mo, you, both of those guys had 40. I remember both of them had like 40 in the same game. Mo, that's pretty good. That, he's not his best player than Mo. He's, he's a great he player. He's the second best player on the court during that series. Yes, but the best was LeBron. So, that okay. by definition right. makes him not the best player on his team. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Then the San Antonio Spurs, Tony Park is the point guard, but really, okay. Can I say something about this? Mo, who took Tim the Duncan. last shot? Who took the last shot of that game to win the series? Oh, oh, we're talking about, we're going to do this. We, we can do this. Can't well, well, we got it. Oh, okay. 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 Let's, let's go okay. down this path. Okay. Let's go down this path. 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 Kyrie Irving, hit the shot. Why did he hit that okay. shot? Why was there a game seven, B? Because they made sure 
but because they made sure that if they're going to have a chance to win, you're always going to put the ball where? No, 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 no. They only got to the game seven because Draymond got suspended. Otherwise, the Warriors oh, win God. in six games. Mo, st- Mo, stop this. That, that's Mo, a fact. Mo, and Mo, everyone Mo, knows Mo, it. Mo, Mo, Mo. That's part of the game. That's like saying, well, if he doesn't call a foul, the referee doesn't call a No, they got to the game. but They got to that moment is because they were playing the game. Kyrie Irving was spectacular. Oh, he was fantastic. He I'm- was spectacular. I don't know all of the stats and all those things. He was spectacular. 100%. In that series. 100%. No one, no one could guard him. 100%. Okay. But this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying. But as great as Kyrie was, LeBron James was equally, if not even more great than Kyrie Irving. I agree. And that's not a knock in any way to Kyrie Irving. Okay. I will say this. LeBron James and at his position, you are able to make more of an impact because of all of the other things you can do this at his the, side. You're, you're proving my point, though. But when you're, you're proving but, my point. No, I'm not, but, <laughs> the but point is... you got to win the game. But if you got to win that game, you go put that ball in who you think is your yes, best yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're missing the point. The point is what I'm saying is Kyrie had LeBron. Drew Holiday had Giannis. Kyle Lowry had Kawhi Leonard. Trey Young ain't got no one. John Collins is not that guy. Okay. He doesn't okay. have Mo, a, a weak player to play with him. What you're saying, Mo, is the following. You can't sit here and make that statement to me, and here's why you can't. Trey Young can't do what, what Drew Holiday does. I don't care on his best day. That's a fact. He can't, he can't that's do. That's a fact. So don't. That's not com- we're comparing apples and oranges. I'm I'm comparing what's, saying, what's worked, what's proven to work. Trey Young, Young. can't that's, defend. That's Who's why I'm saying it's name? not going to work. That's no, also why no, I'm saying it it's can, not going to work. It can work if Trey Young decides to change his game. It's not like he can't defend. You can't be that fast and not be able to defend. I'll believe it when I see it. He can't defend because he is not putting the emphasis. If he put as much emphasis on three-point shooting on defense as he does three-point shooting, crossover, and every time I see him, you know, he's acting like he's cold, he's ice tray, and all those things. If he put that much emphasis on the defensive end, that young man is as fast as anybody from any end with that ball. So I know I would he's love fast. to see it. I'll, I'll believe so it when I see it, and I would love to see it. if he put as much emphasis – no, it's not believe it. He can do it. It's just that he He can do it, not, but I've just never seen him do it. At least no we, when, when you, Kyrie, you can see when he, when he was playing Philly last week and he wanted to play defense, you could see him playing defense. I've not seen one game where I've seen Trey lock in. Okay. But I, but I, think about this. But think about this. If we're talking about Kyrie, that's called growth. That's called you're maturing in this league. Okay. He did and that in the finals mature, against Steph too. And, if you, and, and again, these players have the capability. How do the key is coaching is the key. If you want better players, you better have better coaches. All right. All right. All right. right. Okay. And here's the thing. A coach's job is very simple at any level. How do you get or take people to places they couldn't do by themselves? That's the key. That is the absolute key. How do you get, how do you coach these kids? to take them to a place they can't take for themselves. 
under no circumstances could Trey Young look me in the eye and say, I'm not a good defensive player. Mm. I see you on the offensive end. I see you. Now, if you have physical limitations because you're slow afoot and all those things, you could say that. Trey Young, what's his excuse? Small. Okay. So if, okay, he's small. I played against Muggsy Bogues and Muggsy yeah, Bogues. Muggsy was Bogues a, stronger than Trey Young, though. <laughs> I don't. You, you got to be strong. Who said you got to be strong? Why you got to be strong? You ain't going to be strong? Five, three screens? What's the kid that played in the league? He was like five. He's like five, three. Isaiah uh, Thomas. Oh, no. No, Spud no, Webb. no, no, no. Nate no, Robinson. But no, he could he could really score. I can't think of his name right now, man. I feel awful. He was he was terrific little player, too. Um, played in Milwaukee, played a few places. Hey, however, it's about will. And all I'm saying is Trey Young is good enough. He's a good enough athlete to be an impactful player in a consistent key, in a consistent winning place if he changes his game. Okay. Because if he doesn't change his game, like we went back to the question, there's going to be some changes made. We've already done the coach thing. Next is going to be the executive. And then finally, the next executive is going to be like, I'm not going down this path because he doesn't want to defend. Everything you said about winning the championship, all of those guys could defend. Yep. That's that's my thing. Defense wins out. But you were thinking of Earl Boykins, Milwaukee Bucks. Earl Boy, Earl Boy, yeah, that's Earl the Boykins. One. That's the one. Um, that's been another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed having your questions answered. Uh, that was fun. That was good fun. We try and do it every week. If you're new here, make sure you follow on Twitter so that you can submit your questions to have them answered and read out on the show. We appreciate everyone who did send in their questions. If we didn't get a chance to get around to yours, we sincerely apologize and we'll try to get around to it next week. But some of the questions I read and I'm, I, I look at them and I'm like, no, we need to save this for the off season because if we start talking, we're going to be here in three hours time. And we, yes. we're running on limited time. So and, we've got to... And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But, but the off season will be here soon enough. The season's flying by. We'll get into even more questions over then. But in the meantime, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball, the NBA, March Madness, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to watch. Play some 2K because this show is presented by NBA 2K22. Hit the link in our bio to help support us and get your hands on a copy. And um, feel free to leave us a review, five-star rating, all that good stuff. BJ, any plans for the weekend before we go? NCAA tournament time here. Tuned in. Watching some good basketball, and I'm rooting for my Iowa Hawkeyes. All, all of the UK, all of London, <laughs> all of Europe. Look at him. Let's Look say him. it together. Trying to spread Go the propaganda. Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> Man, I, I asked. I asked the fans on Twitter. You know, the NBA fans in the UK. I asked. Asked some of the basketball fans here which teams they support, and it was a variety. I got. Hundreds of different answers. Everyone had a different answer, and I thought it was beautiful. Everyone's got their own weird little, not weird, but their, their personal little connections. Like, I used to work with a guy who went to this college, and he's convinced me to support them. Or my dad was friends with someone who went to this college, or I went on holiday here. Or I, I thought it was amazing. I'll show you some of the answers later on, B. Um, then we get to watching some of this final uh, March Madness action. But before you know it, will be the Final Fours. Before you know it, will be the NBA Finals. But in the meantime, between then, you're going to be locked in here, Monday to Friday, every morning. Hoop Genius Podcast, you know the vibes. Until next time, get buckets.